What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Monday, August 8th, 2022. We got to talk about Miami Dolphins training camp observations that were made. Spent a week down there. We also had practice yesterday with some highlights, some big plays in the passing game to get into. So we're going to talk about big picture scope. Look at this Dolphins roster after my week at 2022 Miami Dolphins training. are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, and your host here on the show today <laughs> is Monday, August 8th. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, I think the first thing that I want to do here is kind of give let you guys know, obviously, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, Locked on Dolphins, check it out. Hit subscribe if you haven't already. No judgment. Um, I'm back home, right? I'm in the home office. I got all the, the Dolphins stuff up on the walls as compared to whatever was going on in that Airbnb with the little Beetle car painting or whatever it was. It's good to be home. Uh, but of course, of course, the Dolphins had perhaps their most electric practice to this point in the public eye um, the day I left. <laughs> the... Uh, big plays in practice on Sunday, yesterday, uh, were certainly uh, the buzz on social media. And, and I'm going to try my best to, uh, courtesy of those of you who are breaking the rules and, and recording some clips of practice, uh, despite very clear signage and making sure you get it in, in your video, um, to get the signage that says no recording and you're still recording. I can make some observations on those plays and tie it into the overall arching themes of what I saw throughout the course of training camp. And that's what we're going to do today on the show. Just kind of a big picture look at each position group in general. Uh, some players that uh, uh, I think are in good standing, some players that I think need to, to turn the heat up a little bit. And uh, any changes that I had in kind of my, my active roster a forecast for the start of the season. Quarterback position. Um, the, the big storyline is, is really how well and how consistent Skylar Thompson can play. Uh, he's a tough dude. He's got a little bit of pop to his arm. And I really like Skylar. When Skylar came out in the draft process, and it's up on the board behind me, you can't see his name, but. He's over there in the fifth round bucket. We had a five on Skyler at the draft network when he came out. So for him to get drafted in the seventh round, it's a good value as a pick. Uh, he, uh, of course, has has made some splash throws throughout the course of camp. But Tua Tungvaloa is your established star. And I don't think there was a single day of practice that came and went in which I didn't feel as though Teddy Bridgewater was a better player throughout the course of that given practice than Tua. That's set in stone. 
And, and we knew that was the case with the communication that the team had in the public eye. Tua Tagovailoa is the starting quarterback in Miami Dolphins. And man, did he have himself a heck of a practice yesterday. Um, the general flow, uh, I thought he was good last Tuesday. I thought he was okay on Wednesday. Thought he was out of sync on Friday. Thought he started slow but finished strong on Saturday and then had an excellent practice yesterday from all accounts. Um, whether that was Omar Kelly or Travis Wingfield or Joe Shad, like all of them. The, the general consensus from everybody in attendance, plus my own observations from what we were able to see, um, based on those of you who are, are daring getting kicked out of camp, probably is best practice. So you obviously want to see the consistency strung together, but two is making the kinds of growth within this offense and this install that you would want to see him make. And I think it is important to have the context, and I know I mentioned this on Saturday, but some of the concepts that Miami was running throughout the course of the week are not going to be their staple plays. And I saw... Uh, a couple looks at plays that you would consider to be more staple-ish types and core concepts on the Sunday practice. So I think we're in good shape as far as the expectations we have. The big mystery is will Skylar Thompson make the active roster? I don't think I would put money on it, even though he's been good, because the rest of this Dolphins roster is really good, and you're going to need to carry those bodies uh, selectively. And I don't, I don't know that Skyler playing any level of football is going to convince the team, yes, we need to use an active roster spot on a developmental third quarterback. In the backfield, um, you, you got two, three names that flashed, one of them being a fullback. Um, Edmonds and Mostert, you know, the speed that they obviously have, and Edmonds, I think, is an instinctual runner and sets up his blocks particularly well. Uh, Mostert is that true speed to the edge. Both of those guys look really good. Alec Ingold is going to be a major player in what we do, especially with the tight end room being as quiet as it was this first week. Ingold is a player who I would expect to see the Dolphins continue to phase in as he recovers from uh, a knee injury last year. And I expect he's going to be a player who plays a significant amount of snaps and all over the place. Kind of like what Durham Smythe was last year. Like I would expect Ingold to commandeer that type of multi-tool role in this Dolphins offense. And as he continues to get healthier and healthier, I will be interested to see, okay, are they going to like put him at H? Are they going to put him at fullback? Are they going to put him at split back? Are they going to put him out wide and then motion him in? And like, there's a lot you can do with this player. And I think you're seeing the early flashes of that at camp. Alec Ingold's going to be a fan favorite. Uh, was hoping to see a little bit more from the depth in the backfield, especially it is a little concerning with Raheem Mostert uh, being a player with the kind of injury history that he has. You do have Chase Edmonds to, to lean on. Um, Sony was relatively quiet last week when I was out. Uh, didn't really see much from Miles. I think Savan Ahmed does have an inside track over Miles just because of the speed that he has uh, to the outside as well. So. Um, I don't think that my expectations have necessarily changed in the running back room, but it was good to see Ingold have the kind of versatility 
that the team was willing to use for him. And uh, Sony Michelle just a, probably a little bit more quiet than you maybe ideally would have liked to have seen, um, given the fact that he's got the potential to be your between the tackles uh, type thumper back. Wide receiver, man, you got a lot of options. And here's what I'll say. Jalen, Tyreek, Cedric Wilson is a hell of a one through three. They're going to make a lot of plays. Ezukanma, excellent camp thus far. Uh, the rookie really coming into his own. If I had to pick the next two names, though, I think we, we all kind of knew these one through four was kind of established, and, and these players had a recent commitment from the Dolphins. It's probably Trent Sherfield and Mohamed Sanu, to be honest with you. Uh, Preston Williams obviously voiced his displeasure last week. You know, he made a couple plays on, on Sunday's practice, but generally speaking, this isn't a player who's been moving the needle, and separation is, is not something that he's particularly adept at right now. And Lynn Bowden Jr. has been quiet too. So I know there's some buzz about the, uh, Braylon Sanders as a UDFA. Um, he dropped the ball on... Saturday, I think it was. That would have been a touchdown from Teddy. It was a really good ball. It was in the blitz period. Um, I just don't. I just think a UDFA has too much stacked against him versus Sherfield special teams prowess and Sanu's experience in this system. So, uh, if I were to give you one through six, it would be Sherfield and Sanu right now. And that's not set in stone. That could very easily change. But um, that, that's kind of where my mindset is at at wide receiver. Just kind of watching practice over the course of. Uh, the past week, week, man, a week. Before we go any further, got to tell you guys about our friends over at Dave Level with me. We've all been in these shoes, a little short on cash. Maybe you can only put a couple of gallons worth of gas in the car. You got to know the save the date for your 18th wedding of the summer. Whatever it is, if you're living paycheck to paycheck and struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses pop up. Dave is the banking app that is here to help. It can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle th those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest or credit check required. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need a little extra help, Download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app in the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up with an extra cash account to get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future you. Well, thank you. The tight end room was quiet. Um, surprisingly quiet last week. I don't think it's a reason to panic, but I, I know Mike Gusecki and, and the mentality he is bringing to the position is a major shift in gears. Hunter Long, second-year player, uh, had a couple... Nice isolated reps, uh, but was not taking the second year leap that I was hopeful to see. Now, granted, it's still very early. 
It's the first week in camp in Pats. And he was a catalyst on a couple of nice runs as a blocker as well. But he had one day where he dropped a couple balls, uh, including a gimme that would have been a long gain, then he sat down in a hole in zone coverage from Tua. I know I saw one practice clip uh, from Sunday in which Javon Holland was glued on his shoulder and, and broke up a pass on a route as well. I think that's something with Hunter we probably need to remember is this is not necessarily a man coverage beater as a player. Uh, he's not as dynamic of an athlete as Mike in straight lines, and he's certainly not as dynamic or fluid as some of the higher level upper echelon, the Darren Wallers and Kyle Pitts of the world. That's not his game, right? He is going to have to be somebody who is consistent with holes in zone coverage and underneath and turning up field and making some catches underneath when you're rolling the pocket. Like those are the kinds of things that Hunter's going to have to do. I will say Seathan Carter popped to me a few times. Uh, UDFA Tanner Carner. Made a couple big plays, but uh, he was a former wide receiver from Idaho State. He's uh, he's pretty raw, and my expectation is that's a, a perfect practice squad stash type guy just because he, what he can be in two years, who knows? But uh, right now, certainly too raw to make the roster. I would say you're four. If you're going to run with four tight ends, it's Gasecki, Smythe, Long, and Seathan Carter at this point in time. Shaheen seems to be uh, somebody who who – needs to turn up the heat if he's going to end up transitioning with this team to this new system. Uh, but, but that remains to be seen. On the offensive line, continuing our work through here, are two mystery players, uh, Liam Eikenberg and Austin Jackson, had some bright moments throughout the course of camp, the first week in camp with me in attendance, first week in pads in camp. Um, the swing tackle position was not glaringly alarming, you know, and whether that was Greg Little or Lorna Coleman. It wasn't a liability when Teron Armstead was getting his load management type opportunities to, to sit off on the side and make sure that, that he's prepped for week one, which is the most important thing. Um, do I feel good about that spot? No, not necessarily. I think there is a domino that could fall here that could give you the insurance that maybe you'd like to have an offensive tackle. And that's what would be what happens if uh, Michael Dieter returns from his lower body injury and you put him at center and then you move Connor Williams back to guard because of the inconsistencies with some of the snaps I'm back on this train and then all of a sudden Liam Eikenberg or Austin Jackson is freed up to be the swing tackle if you've got either Eikenberg or Austin at swing tackle then I would feel better about that level of depth to play offensive tackle and get you out of a game now if Teron Armstead misses an extended period of time yeah, you're not going to feel good about it, but you're not going to feel good about whoever you have in there behind Tron Armstead, regardless if Tron Armstead misses an extended period amount of time. And hopefully we get a full season of Tron Armstead. <clears throat> but you'd still need someone else inside at center. And I know the Dolphins, it was reported yesterday, worked out a couple of low-end centers uh, on Sunday. Not anybody that would move the needle for me uh, personally. Um, 
So, so the big mystery right now, it's, it's Austin seems pretty set at right tackle. It's if your domino effect moves Connor Williams back out to left guard, how does that change the dynamics on the line? But they've been pretty consistent uh, as far as who is getting looks where. And I think that's a good thing to continue to establish chemistry with the front and everybody kind of understanding the range and mobility of the players that are going to be playing next to them. But um, Miami's offensive line is much further ahead than what it was last year. And I think that's something that I, I should acknowledge first and foremost. The line had a lot of bright moments throughout the course of camp to create movement. And I thought the pocket protection, uh, yeah, they're, when they're in their blitz period, yes, they're, they're going to be minus one in protection. Uh, Yes, there were some breakdowns. I, I think Miami has a lot of town on the defensive line. And um, that's, that's not to say the offensive line was perfect, right? But I was excited leaving camp for where the floor was of the offensive line versus what it was last year in which everyone was two yards into the back of your offensive lineman, and that was it. So that's the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I, I took my time on offense. Obviously, there's there's a lot more observations to be made on the offensive side of the ball with all the questions and all the changes. Uh, defensively, things are much more status quo. Wilkins, Davis, Agba, Sealer, Jenkins, Phillips, Van Ginkle, Melvin Ingram. This is one of the best front sevens. This is one of the best defensive fronts in the NFL. And you should have that expectation for this group. Yes, it was a little bit surprising that they moved on from Adam Butler uh, with an injury designation. But um, this has a chance to be a very, very firm tone setting physical group up front. And I think this is what really gives me some enthusiasm for the Dolphins defense is the stout play that you can have on the line of scrimmage paired with the man coverage ability on the back end is a really nice blend. And it's going to position the Dolphins very well to be able to match up against teams that want to run the football and play physically up front, like the Baltimore Ravens and the New England Patriots, who are the first two teams on the schedule for next year, for this year. That's important to note. And I think that you know the mentality and the mindset of just about everybody around that unit is we are fine-tuning to be a well-oiled machine. And yeah, you got to finish what you started there and you got to make sure you're in the right place. But uh, the mindset is proper and the talent is there and the depth is there. And that was very apparent. You thought that coming into camp, I didn't see anything to tell me that otherwise. If anything, I, I might be even more excited from seeing how good Melvin Ingram looks in the select moments in which he's been given the opportunity to compete and how good Jalen Phillips has looked at times. Plus, Christian Wilkins has been totally dominant, obviously wore the orange jersey twice. So there's a lot to like up front for the Dolphins. There's also a lot to like for their friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, even golf. 
BetOnline continues to be the top online source for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, the linebacker group for the Dolphins. Uh, let's, let's make sure we're setting expectations for young Channing Tindall accordingly. Um, the athleticism is evident. But this is somebody who I think you're going to probably see weaned in at the beginning of the season, and I didn't see anything to change those expectations. Now, the athleticism is crazy good. I mean, he's carrying three strong vertically up the field on a, a divider route 40 yards downfield against a wide receiver. Like, you don't got that athleticism in a lot of guys. But Baker, Roberts, Riley, Aguavin, I think that's your, your core of, well, I should say, Baker's going to be your every down player. Roberts uh, is going to be your between-the-tackle stumper. Riley and Aguavin in pressure roles. And Tyndall as somebody who I think you just kind of find opportunities to get him on the field to just be a reactive athlete in space early on. And I think if you could find and strike that right balance, plus the hybrid players that you have in Van Ginkle and Melvin Ingram and Jalen Phillips, your linebacker room, uh, can be plenty effective and plenty versatile. I didn't see any unexpected developments in that group that would change my expectations for um, who makes the team or who's competing for what kind of role. Uh, there were not a lot of surprises on defense. I think the biggest thing on defense that we got in general uh, was with Byron Jones on the PUP list. You got to see Noah Benogany and Tro Williams and Keon Crossin. Some of these guys compete for this uh, outside corner number three. Obviously, you've got Nick Needham inside in the slot. And I'll say this. Uh, everybody wants to give Noah grief because Noah was a first-round pick and hasn't made an impact in two years. And even on some of the clips that you see, yeah, guys, he's covering Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. He's going to give up a step of separation, but he's in a much better place as a football player than what he was this time last year. And I'm not saying Noah Gbanagani is going to go on to be a, a quality starter for the Miami Dolphins for the, a long period of time. But I am going to say that Noah Igbenogany, if he had to play in a game, I'm not holding my breath to the same degree that I was holding my breath last year if you told me that that circumstance is going to happen. Because Noah last year was getting posterized because he couldn't find the ball and he was falling all over himself trying to look, up, look back and find the football. Noah Benogany this year is in phase. He's in position. He's defending 4-3 athletes, so that late burst is there. Um, but there's going to be a lot of receivers in the NFL that I would feel fairly comfortable with Noah Benogany recovering if he had to. Now, same for Trill Williams. I think Trill Williams is, is a heck of a football player in his own right. And to have that kind of size, fluidity, athleticism in, in a couple of guys uh, as your depth players is really good. So then you can play matchups if you want to, you know, and if that means you got to move Nick around and you got to move Xavier around and, and play matchups, you can do that. But uh, the competitiveness of, of that group with that CB3 spot, I think was the big storyline from the secondary. Um, 
for those of you who are hoping to see a surprise in Cater Kuhu or Verone McKinley make the roster, I understand Verone McKinley's had an interception in practice on Saturday and Sunday. Um, I'd still still would be very very surprised to see a UDFA from this year uh, make the secondary. I just think there's there's too many names. There's too many quality players. You, you would have to have some significant injuries hit that group between now and cutdowns, in my mind, to have a player like Verone make the roster. And then my final observation is this, as far as the roster goes. Uh, Jason Sanders, from everything that we saw, and it, it was very selective, right, um, was money. And that was obviously a big storyline for the Dolphins last year was Jason Sanders having some inconsistencies with uh, the kicking game. They did a drill where he would hit a kick, they'd back up X number of yards, he'd hit another kick, they'd back up X number of yards, yada, yada, yada. Uh, like, he hit the post that divides the upright. Okay, not the actual upright, but behind the upright, so you go through the upright, there's a post that's for like a camera or a light. I'm not sure exactly what it is. I didn't pay that close attention to the actual fixture at the top of the, the pole. But it is aligned right down the middle of the uprights. And I think he hit it three times with like six or seven kicks. Like right exactly down the middle. Scientifically exactly down the middle. So Sanders uh, looking very good <laughs> in camp. And I'm excited to see what that return to form looks like for him in 2022 as well. Uh, but that's kind of my walkthrough uh, roster coming out of training camp, kind of expectations that may or may not have shifted some, some names that um, I'm hoping we see more of in the preseason to kind of solidify what we thought that they were because they didn't necessarily start fast. And that's, again, not the end of the world if they don't start fast, but it is a part of the evaluation process that now we can kind of start to, to temper our expectations or set our expectations accordingly and then go from there. Hope you guys enjoyed this Monday episode of Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it. Make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks for checking out the show. Enjoy the rest of your Monday, and I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.